Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere. We're on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. How's it going, Tags? It's going good, dude. We already started the third week of the preseason, so that means uh, we are that much closer to the starters being done with preseason, which means the injuries can just stop and uh, <laughs> we, we can get to the regular season where if you know someone gets injured, we have to accept it, but accepting injuries in the preseason just sucks. That would be nice, guys. Yeah, that would be really nice. Hey, by the way, if you guys want to join a listener league with me, I just came out with my annual free market powers league. You tags, it's the really nerdy one. You are such a nerd. You're a bigger nerd than I. That combines like strategy board games, DFS, and season long all in one. If you guys want to look it up, I'm not going to bore the other people with it who wouldn't like this kind of thing, but just Google free market powers league. It'll come up first, and it is really intense. It's, it's the most fun I've ever had in a fantasy league, so I'm looking forward to joining you all. And we've also got a guest today. He's a great guest. It's Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. He's on Twitter at his name, Dalton Del Don. And we're going to be talking some news with him and players who have been moving up and down our rankings over the past month. Dalton, thanks for taking the time to come on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All right, guys, before we get into that news, you guys are absolutely going to love this. I used the Google Chrome extension for a draft the other day, and it was such a breeze to use. I didn't have to open a tab and go back and forth between the draft assistant to get pick suggestions and expert advice. Everything was right there in the draft room for me. It was like using the draft assistant right inside my draft room. If you're in an NFL.com, ESPN, or Yahoo League, our Chrome browser has some incredible features built in for you, like getting expert player suggestions directly within your draft room, having your personal cheat sheets viewable in that draft room, drafting directly from our draft assistant or via the Chrome extension. And plus, after your draft, it's going to give you some My Playbook advice like the waiver assistant on Yahoo and other sites when you're just surfing for the best players available in your league. It is absolutely awesome. And guys, some of these special features are only available to MVP and Hall of Fame users. And if you want the Hall of Fame package, we've got a special offer for you. It's a $65 value for six months. All you have to pay is 10 bucks. It's at fantasypros.com slash offers. So guys, I mentioned we do have some news to talk about, and I'm not exactly sure if this qualifies as news, but we definitely need to talk about it. Darwin Thompson is getting goal line first team reps, and this kind of makes sense with, you know, Carlos Hyde moving down to third on the depth chart and probably getting cut at this point. Do you think that eventually, Dalton, he's going to steal this job from Damian Williams, or is it just going to kind of be standalone value with upside if anything happens? So you're talking to someone who has Damian Williams ranked pretty aggressively, and I just can't pass him up in round twos and drafts. I just love, the, obviously, the system and whatnot. But I mean, clearly, the guy's never had 50 carries in a season, so that's obviously some risk there. And part of the reason I was on to Williams is I was just so anti-Carlos Hyde. I mean, just look at any sure. <laughs> any advanced metric you want. I'm a former Niner fan. I use my eyeballs. Either way, I mean, the guy just, he's, he's actually a huge plus for me. I'm like, Carlos Hyde, he's the backup that I wanted most for my starting running back. So the fact that he's getting faded out already and Darwin Thompson quite clearly looks, you know, could be special. Yeah, has me a little hesitant here. Weird that they say they're using him at the goal line, you know, five foot eight or whatever. So yeah, this has me a little bit worried as someone who loves Damian Williams. So Tex, what do you think about Darwin Thompson in the 11th round at this point? Darwin Thompson is someone that I am more than willing to take that flyer on, and I actually think that he's a better bet than than Damian Williams at this point. I'm, I'm not saying that Damian... Well, at ADP, like, you're not saying he's a better fantasy football player, right? Just want to clarify. Now, let's be clear about this. Bobby, we talked about this strategy two years ago when Kareem Hunt came into the NFL, and people were talking about him potentially taking over for Spencer Ware, and nothing was set in stone, and Spencer Ware had performed in the offense before, so everybody's like, well, why would they just move on from Spencer Ware? So we talked about it because at the time, Spencer Ware was like a third or a fourth round pick, and then Kareem Hunt was moving up boards around the 10th round, and I said... I don't think it's a bad thing to, to use a pick on Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt, and then basically you're guaranteed an RB1. 
I am not willing to, to take Damian Williams in the second round to find that out. Uh, but if he's in the <laughs> third round, I think that's a logical thing where it's like if, if I somehow end up with Damian Williams on my roster, which I really don't have much of him right now, uh, if I do, I am going to make sure that I reach a little bit for Darwin Thompson just to make sure that I, that I kind of gather that backfield. Sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. How high are you willing to reach to get Darwin Thompson just to ensure that that you have him if you're drafting Damian Williams Dalton nine tenth round I guess I mean that's the that's where you're reaching for your guys anyway that's where I'm usually getting like an Anthony Miller or someone like that seems pretty high to me you might have to do it though what do you think Dalton yeah I was, so I was just in an NFFC draft two nights ago and um I did draft Damian Williams in the second round and someone swooped Darwin Thompson with the second pick in round nine so he's Ooh. being very aggressively drafted so it's funny I ended up getting Ezekiel Elliott with the sixth pick and this same drafter use their eighth and ninth round picks on Tony Pollard and Darwin Thompson. So like what a swoop master on me there. So those could be, so yeah, anyway, bottom line is Darwin Thompson is definitely moving up ADP and and rightfully so. I mean, in that, the reason I love Damian Williams is yes, I like the athleticism, but the main back, you know, in that Chiefs best offense in football is just so highly productive. They don't even have to be a total workload. I mean, they just, you know, out of the backfield as a receiver and and Andy Reid actually has been one of the coaches that does lean on his future feature back typically the most the last few years but obviously that could change here you know even if he just gets 275 touches Damian Williams is going to be great in Andy Reid's offense so um, I mean I understand the upside there's just a couple safer guys that I like a little bit more at this point Marlon Mack um, Chris Carson maybe even Sonny Michelle so guys uh, two other pieces of news here and we don't really need to uh, to get into these because we're probably not drafting Jordan Reid anymore but he did suffer a concussion tags and I've talked about him there's no point in drafting him anymore now it's Jimmy Graham uh, and then Ronald Jones is back at practice for the Bucks. I don't know if he's going to start. Who knows what's going on with his backfield, but whoever ends up playing is probably going to be pretty useful because it's Bruce Arians, right, Tags? It's weird. I think Bruce Arians is searching for the guy that could eventually take that job, but I don't think he's found it. So I think Arians is like, you know, he's one of those guys that I've called a chameleon coach where he'll adjust to the scheme around him. And I know that some people like were worried about OJ Howard because Bruce Arians didn't target tight ends in Arizona. That that doesn't translate because the, the talent is a lot different around it. So I just think instead of like a lot of those targets going to the running back position like they did in Arizona, I think he's going to use OJ Howard a lot more. I think that we're going to see Chris Godwin uh, play that slot role like a Larry Fitzgerald and then he's got Mike Evans on the perimeter so I if anything this just makes me love OJ Howard that much more and if you can get him at like the top of the fifth round I'm all about it you know it kind of concerns me too that Mike Evans is dealing with a little bit of an injury and I'm not sure how extensive it is but if it lingers into the season at all OJ Howard could even further take off okay now um the, the final thing I want to talk about everyone's asking Cam Newton was seen in a boot he strained his foot you know from what I'm hearing Dalton from doctors If this had been regular season, Cam Newton would have kept playing. Cam Newton would play today if he needed to. They're just taking it um, carefully. But should you take it carefully on draft night and not draft him in the top, you know, six, seven quarterbacks anymore? First of all, that hit on Jordan Reed was vicious, man. Just yeah. kind Wasn't of borderline it? Yeah, it was, it was bad. That's if you haven't seen it, check it out. That's it's. It was it was Holton Hill, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure it was, but it was uh, it was rough. It was tough to watch, but especially with his history. And I'm with you guys on Godwin and, and Howard. I could not be higher on, on on both of them. Cam Newton. So I have not moved him uh, moved him in my rankings personally overnight. Uh, waiting for the details. Sounds okay to me. I just love the upgraded weapons around him. Seems like the the ball was the touch was back after that. You know the shoulders right. So um, I have him ranked fairly aggressively. He's my QB seven. Yeah, Tags. What about you, man? I think Cam Newton has uh, been a very good value. I've still got him as my QB five, but at this point, I'm not eager to take him. If he lasts until the ninth or tenth, awesome. I don't think he will though. 
Yeah, I haven't done his QB ten. I'm not taking Cam Newton in drafts. Like, I mean, I'm fine with him if like if you're if he falls in your draft. But I mean, I was already concerned about Cam before this like this whole foot ankle injury or whatever they're calling it. Uh, just because like I feel like at this stage in his career, he's over 30 years old. We're gonna start to see him deteriorate as a rusher. Um, he's gonna lose some of that athleticism. We have Christian McCaffrey there. Like he's been phenomenal in the role that he's playing. We have some of the best pass catchers. So he might inflate his passing numbers a little bit, but losing the rushing upside is more. It's almost like a run running back, losing targets, and getting more carries. One is worth more than the other, and we wanted Cam for the rushing upside, not necessarily for him throwing 35 or 40 touchdowns, which is not going to happen. Well, that, I mean, that's true, but there was how big of a drop-off is there going to be from year to year? Before he got hurt last year, he was QB4. Are you saying all of a sudden he's just going to drop a ton? He was. It was by far the most efficient passing year of his career. He's improving as a passer. Well, right. I mean, that, that part of that has to do with the offense. You know, having Norv Turner there for the first year, I think it changed things. And it's like people didn't know what to expect. They have Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, and they were like newer to the offense. And they, it was just changing on the fly with that offense. But he still only threw for 3,300 yards. So it wasn't like a massive season. So if he dips down to like 350 rushing yards and a couple touchdowns, that's going to remove a lot of his upside. So, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not anti-Cam. I'm not saying like he's a terrible pick. I just don't think he has the upside that he once did. All right, guys, well, we're going to move on here and talk about players who have been moving up our draft boards and down our draft boards over the past month. Just to kind of catch everybody up, there's a lot of new listeners at this point who are doing their drafts here this weekend and the following week. Um, So we're going to start at the running back position. And by the way, if you guys want to follow along, we're going to be talking a lot about ECR and ADP. ECR are expert consensus rankings. We've got over 100 analysts in the industry who fill out their rankings on fantasypros.com, and we use them for an accuracy uh, competition among the analysts just to see who's the most accurate, so we can give you guys that information as well. But we mash all the rankings together and say this is, as a consensus, is what the industry thinks about the players. You can follow along at fantasypros.com slash rankings, and then ADP, of course, is their average draft position. Again, we take a consensus from all over uh, commissioner sites all over the internet and tell you what the consensus ADP is. So, uh, Dalton, we're going to start at the running back position. We're going to go with two running backs who have moved up your board in the last month. Uh, Why don't you start us off with one? Sure. Well, uh, I don't think anyone has Nick Chubb higher than myself, so I would be remiss if I didn't defend myself here. Uh, The guy led an elusive rating last year, set a record in yards per carry after contact, was second behind only Saquon Barkley in 20 and 40 carry yard runs. Didn't even play until late October. His goal line percentage was way high once he took over. And then they traded Duke Johnson. So then I even moved him up even further atop my board. I mean, he listen, Kareem Hunt is a concern. I get it. But even though you compare their workout metrics, it's, it's actually not even comparable. Nick Chubb just kills him. He's not even going to see the field until week 10. I could have question marks for the Saquon Barkley stack box, Kamara's workload, and on and on. So I, I love Nick Chubb. I, I was always high on him, and I moved him even higher when they when they got rid of Duke Johnson and opened up the targets. That was a big concern with him. That recent NFFC draft I talked to you guys about, I chose to have pick number six just because I thought that'd be the safest to get Nick Chubb. He went fourth overall. So the guy oh. is definitely <laughs> flying up draft boards, and I think rightfully so. Man, okay, so you're moving him up. How high do you have him? Did you say you've got him atop your your draft board? Yeah, he's number one on my board, but uh, at Yahoo, we do half-point PPR, and honestly, in full PPR, I could see Barkley and, and McCaffrey are just so, that is safer. That I won't like go to bat for that, but after those two, and, and in half-point PPR, I, I'm, yes, I'm a comfortable with taking Nick Chubb as far as number one on my board. Correct. I like Chubb too. I've got him higher than ADP, which is running back nine. I've got him right there with ECR at running back six. Uh, Tags, how high do you have him? I have him as my number five running back. So I, I thought I was like one of the highest on Chubb. I actually took him uh, number seven overall in an industry league that I was in uh, just uh, last weekend. So I am, I am a 
really high on Nick Chubb. Uh, the, the concern that some people have suggested to me, it's a realistic concern, but let me, let me, let me calm people down a little bit. So they're worried that once Kareem Hunt comes back, if it, if it takes away some uh, appeal to Nick Chubb, and I'm not going to sit here and be like completely like dumb to the fact that it is possible. And I do think that Nick Chubb's a better running back than Kareem Hunt. I, but here's the, the, the thing is, is like, once he comes back, I think it's just going to take off some of the ceiling on Nick Chubb, where it's like the, the, the Browns should be a playoff contender this year, I would think. You know, I talked about their defense on last show, that they have so much talent there. And obviously on the offense, they're growing into that, you know, that, that offense. They have so many skill possession players too. So do they kind of take off some of Nick Chubb's load and says and say, hey, we're going to give Kareem Hunt, you know, 10 to 12 carries per game just to, you know, keep you fresh for the playoff run or that stretch run. That's my only concern with Nick Chubb. But if, if we're playing a 10 game season, like he definitely would be, you know, he, he's in the conversation for the top four running backs, maybe top three. I love Nick Chubb. It's just that's the one thing that has me a little concerned. Is there anything you can say about that, Dalton, that might calm some people's nerves? I understand the, the hunt concern, but again, week 10 and this offense is just so good. I'm such a, I, yes, I'm a believer in Nick Chubb, the player, but really it's Baker Mayfield, I think is a super, superstar. Have him as my number three fantasy Q, QB. And, and I think, I mean, Beckham is just such a difference maker. There's so few true difference makers at wide receivers. They're not going to stack the box against Chubb with Beckham there. Yeah, exactly. So even if he's splitting work in the end, which I doubt it was, he's going to be leading the league in rushing when Hunt returns, but he, the touchdown upside is the key here. That's the thing. I mean, he's going to be the goal line monster in an offense that's going to be in the red zone frequently. And again, even if Nick Chubb, you know, Kareem Hunt comes back and he's like the Mark Ingram in this offense, who's getting a lot of touches, there's still going to be enough touches for someone like Nick Chubb to be a top five fantasy running back. I love the upside here. I love the floor. I like Gurley a little bit better, but uh, so I probably won't get, be getting many shares of Chubb, but I would love to start Gurley Chubb at the turn. Yeah, and the thing is, a month ago, what's frustrating is he could get Chubb in third rounds in some drafts. Right. So he, he is just, <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy the amount he's, he's risen. All right, Tags, we'll get into your first running back here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about the best place to play best ball. It's draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football, and we know you do, then you need to enter that $3.5 million best ball championship on draft. That's right, $3.5 million in real money. It is freaking huge. Here's how best ball works, okay? It's season-long, but with no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically started, and you'll get the best score every week, guaranteed. No salary caps. You just play in a real life snake draft just like the ones you play with in your friends in a season-long league and there's no better place to play than draft you can draft a team anytime you want leagues start every couple minutes you can join one right now i might be in there with you after i'm done recording this podcast just do a draft and you could be a millionaire 16 weeks later it doesn't get any easier than that join me on draft today by downloading the app anytime just search draft in the app or play store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on draft.com whatever you want. For a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code. It's FANTASYPROS, all one word. That's right, a free shot at $1 million just by using my promo code FANTASYPROS when you make your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App or Play Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code FANTASYPROS. All right, Tech, so what running back has moved up your board the most in the last month? I mean, we already talked about Darwin Thompson, so I'm not going to talk about him because obviously he's flown up and Carlos Hyde has flipped. It's almost like they flip-flopped in my spots in my rankings. So Darwin Thompson is like a big mover. Uh, we already talked about that. So I'll move on to my next guy and just say it's Chris Carson. Uh, he was a guy that we talked about the offseason where 
we didn't know what the knee procedure he had done was. We, we didn't, and we didn't know if he'd be ready for the start of training camp. And we knew that Rashad Penny was coming in in better shape. They got rid of Mike Davis. There was a lot of things, a lot of question marks, right? And Chris Carson has separated himself from the pack again. The beat reporters are saying it's not even close between Carson and Penny. They want Carson getting over 50 targets in this offense. I'm loving everything. You know, when you talk about the targets, that's just icing on the cake. This team averaged over 32 rushing attempts last year. And by the way, Bobby, there was breaking news as we started the show. David Moore suffered a severe injury, they're saying, like where it's like he's he might be out for the season. That's a bummer, man. That means that Jerron Brown is going to walk into the offense. So you have Jerron Brown, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf had a knee scope. It's like they need to go back to this run-heavy offense. The, the running backs are going to be involved a lot. So Chris Carson has moved up my draft board quite a bit. And it's like one of those things where Dalton talked about nobody might be higher than Nick Chubb. I don't know if people are higher than me on Chris Carson. Like, I, I have him as my number 12 running back, and I'm I'm debating putting him as number 11 now. What in the world? Tags, I remember two months ago, I had Chris Carson as my number 16 running back, and you and all the guests were just sitting here making fun of me. Now I've got him up at 14. You're higher than me? I'm all in on Chris Carson this year because basically I wanted to see if he was ready for camp, and now we we're hearing that he's just far and away better than Rashad Penny, and Penny can have a role. That's fine. I think Penny can still offer like flex capability. You know, It could be like an Austin Eckler thing where he's getting 8 to 12 touches a week. That's plenty. He might even get more than that, but there's still a ton of work there for Carson. And, I mean, Russell Wilson... That defense has taken a step back. They're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more, and that that usually equals more fantasy points for the run game. So I'd be torn right now if you told me I had to choose between Leonard Fournette and Chris Carson. Okay, yeah, I was about to say I can't. I I love Chris Carson. I would love to get him in the in the late third round, but I can't take him over Fournette um, because Chris Carson also has the knee concerns, and Leonard Fournette, um, as as much as Chris Carson's going to touch the ball, he's not going to touch the ball as much as Fournette when Fournette is healthy. And then my guy that's moved up my board the most, I can't take Chris Carson over Marlon Mack. I had Marlon Mack down at about RB19, RB20 just a couple weeks ago. You remember that, guys. I had him listed as a player, a running back to avoid, but at this point, he's one of my favorite targets, and the reason why is that Indianapolis is using him on third downs. They faded Naheem Hines at the end of the season. They've been using Mack in third downs uh, during the preseason, and keep in mind, as in his rookie year, Mack was the third down back. He didn't run on early downs. That was Frank Gore. In college, Mack was a great pass catcher, and he's going to be useful in that role. I think he's going to be a true bell cow in one of the best offenses in the NFL behind the single best offensive line. I would love to get Marlon Mack in the third round. Dalton, where are you at on Carson and Mack? Like, you know, like once those big, the top 10 running backs are gone, and by the way, I'm not including Joe Mixon in the top 10 running backs anymore. Me either. I've got him 16. Once those guys are gone, like what running backs are you looking at there? Do you like Carson? Do you like Mack? All right, so Carson, um, I am the sucker who liked the upside of the unknown, the guy with the pedigree. I had Penny ranked higher earlier this summer, and uh, sometimes just call it like sometimes you just have to believe the practice reports and all the the gushing from the coaching staff. It's become overwhelming, as you guys said, with with Carson. And here's the deal: so he has proven that he did recover from that knee surgery, and all these reports that they're going to throw to him more. Week one at home against the Bengals, I'm going to have Chris Carson as an RB1 on my rankings. I mean, he's he's, he's a flat-out top, borderline top 10 starter, so I can't argue with you guys there. I, I hope he can withstand the punishment because he's not super, like, you know, no breakaway speed, so he's always up there. In the, while it's impressive, he's up there in the broken tackle metrics. It means he's, you know, taking a lot of physical contact, but he's fun to watch, great player in real life. And, and can't argue with you there. Marlon Mack is actually uh, one on my down one, so we can save that one for later. Okay, sounds good. Uh, let's actually go right to that, okay? A running back that's moved down on your board, so you want to start with Marlon Mack? Yeah, so um, I actually like the player quite a bit, and, and I had him ranked aggressively, so I like him. So that's so let's put this in perspective. I have him down because I originally had him ranked very aggressively, but 
I hope you're right about the past thing, but the, my main concern here is just Andrew Luck. I, I'm just, I just, I really am concerned about his health, the way they treated it in the past. The fact it's been three plus months, they haven't even diagnosed exactly what it is. And Marlon Mack was the running back that depended on game script more than any last year. He was fantastic when they had the lead. He was worthless when they were behind. So I'm just, I moved, to, it's again, not Marlon Mack, the player thing. I moved down T.Y. Hilton. I moved down Ebron. I'm worried about Andrew Luck's health. So that, that's where I sit with Mack. I am too. I've moved Andrew Luck down to number 10. And I was I was tempted to move Mack down as a result because he was game script dependent. But if they're using him on third downs, I don't think that'll be the case. And you're not passing the ball 40 times a game with Jacoby Brissett. So if Andrew Luck's out, I think Marlon Mack gets even more carries early on in the game. So Hines, then you got to dump down real low then. Yeah, I have moved Hines down really low. I wouldn't even draft him at this point. And I, I love Naheem Hines. When I watch his game film, I'm like, man, this guy could be a wide receiver. He's a stud out there, but apparently the Colts aren't going to use him that way. I think that's coach talk. I, I really do. I think Hines is going to play. I think he has that role, and I think that maybe they want to involve Mack a little bit more, but that could have be a result of like Paris Campbell not being ready and them not wanting to throw to Chester Rogers too much. Maybe it's that we don't want you know Devin Funches to turn into a possession-style receiver. There's a lot of questions about that. I'm not like falling for that one just yet but question for you guys like I I, this show is like it's such an important one for fantasy like the listeners of the show because drafts are happening this weekend so I'm going to put hypotheticals out there throughout the show you guys are on the clock in the third fourth round whatever you want to call it Marlon Mack and Melvin Gordon are on the board which one are you taking I'm taking Gordon man there's, I'm not letting Gordon slip into the third round. If I can get him in the late second, I'm doing it. I will not take him in the second round at all. Like I am, I'm, I'm moving on from Melvin Gordon. He's like almost in a void. Dalton, where are you at for the tiebreak? Yeah, I'm taking Mac. I buried Gordon. I, he has no leverage. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm avoiding him. He's already been offered over $10 million per season. I don't think that that's good. I mean, it has to do with the guaranteed money, right? That's got to be what he's looking for. Because if he gets $10 million a year guaranteed, like he's gonna, he'll play for that. Yeah, I would understand that. But I mean, what are the, what are the chances that he plays? Uh, if he plays 14 games, and I'd put that at 70, 75% chance that happens. If he plays 14 games, he's a top six or seven fantasy running back. We're getting him in the, in the late third round in a lot of cases. Yeah, you're talking to someone who had Le'Veon Bell multiple shares of early pick last year. Yeah. And, I, and I, just, I just said in this F. I understand. I understand that for sure. But isn't Melvin Gordon and, and his camp looking at this Bell situation and saying like, it didn't work out for Bell. We can't possibly be that stupid. Yeah, and, and I just drafted Elliott in that aforementioned league I talked about. So I'm playing with five. I just had <laughs> enough of his holdout situations, man. I don't know. I'm just tired of him. But yes, I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it would make sense for him to return. And he obviously in that in that offense, he could be a monster even in uh, 14 games. Sure. I'll take Zeke in the first, Gurley in the second, Gordon in the third. Give me the risk, baby. I'm winning my championship if those guys are going. You are nuts. You are absolutely nuts. Bring it, baby. No, because the thing is, is like, you know, I had to like literally go back on on some things because like, you have to th- go think back to the idea that you don't need to take risk in the first or second round. Like that's where you need your your guaranteed studs, the guys that you know are going to be in your lineup every week. Granted, it could work out. It's like hitting the lottery, you know, for all those things to work out. And I just don't want to bet on that stuff to happen. Gurley is the one that like we at least know he's going to be on the field. So I have no issue with Gurley at the, at the start of the second round because that's where you can grab him there like in ninety five percent of drafts. I don't think you need to grab him in the first round. Uh, Zeke, if he doesn't have a contract, I'm not drafting him in the first round because there's there's like so many safe options there, like a Nick Chubb. If Gordon's traded, it's like the worst case scenario for him because like he goes to a worse team, most likely that needs a, that doesn't need a running back. I, I I can't draft Gordon right now. I mean, I I understand what you're saying, and I think a lot of people would imagine I'm just shooting from the hip here when I'm saying this. But you know what else is like the lottery tags? It's not just you know betting on guys like Zeke and Gurley and Gordon. 
Playing fantasy football is like playing the lottery. When you enter the draft in a 12-team league, you've got an 8% chance to win it. If I'm increasing my odds of winning the championship, that's what it's about. And I think that, you know, betting on Zeke and Todd Gurley, or Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, I've got a 20% chance of both those guys playing. And if both of them play, I'm the championship favorite. But, the, I mean, Dalton, where, where are you at in this debate? Because the thing is, for me, the draft, you don't win your league in the draft. Like, that's, that's like, we should start there. You can if you get two top five fantasy football running backs. You definitely and can. And you could do that maybe in the third round with Chris Carson. Like, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, I would take Chris Carson over Melvin Gordon every day of the week. Melvin Gordon has five times the likelihood of being a top five running back than Chris Carson. I would disagree. If he's on the field, he can't do anything. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like there's a 90% chance Melvin Gordon's going to hold out just because Le'Veon Bell did. No, I mean... If we look at holdouts in the history of football, how many people have done what Le'Veon Bell did? One, and it failed miserably. No one else is going to do that again. My answer is is kind of boring, but it's going to be, it comes down to a specific situation. Like, I was willing to take Zeke six overall. I think Jerry pays him. Melvin Gordon, I buried. Like, whatever. He's an okay player, whatever. Like, I don't think the Chargers care if he sits out. And the problem with that situation is Eckler... And Justin Jackson, I think, are just going to be a full-blown committee. I mean, Eckler had all these impressive under-the-hood stats until he became the full-time guy last year, and he really, really changed his performance level. So, And then, at the same time, upside, I'm all about Damian Williams round two. I'm crazy. You know, that people consider that crazy, and Nick Chubb so early. But I, I kind of buried Gurley, and I really think that injury is someone that I'm just – he's just going to absolutely be on none of my team. So I guess my answer is I can kind of see, see both of your guys' points of view. Dalton, I love when you come on the show because you've got such big opinions and uh, you're not afraid to go outside the box. And I, I just love that, you know, when we recycle all of these experts throughout the industry that they come on and give different perspective to all the people listening on. Um, we haven't heard the Chubb going one overall. Um, we haven't heard anyone back up Damian Williams going in the second round. And you make them both make a little bit of sense. So I, I like it, Dalton. Thank you. Sure thing, man. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been preaching this. I might as well just tell it on here. And it's interesting. You're you're, you're against me with Gurley and Mac. And uh, you know what? I hope I'm wrong, and I hope Gurley can stay healthy. But um, I have an awful lot of Daryl Henderson. So are we sure that? I mean, at this point, are we? I don't think Daryl Henderson's even the handcuff. It seems like the reports out of L.A. is that like John Kelly has been outperforming him, and I'm not I'm not buying into that. I'm not going to like move John Kelly up my rankings or anything like that. But it seems like Malcolm Brown might be actually the backup to Gurley. I like Daryl Henderson. He's ready on third downs, but this uh, outside zone running scheme, apparently he hasn't really picked it up quite yet, and it may take some time now. He's really talented. I think he's more talented than Malcolm Brown, but I think if anything happens to Gurley in the preseason, I think Malcolm Brown in week one. Yeah, that makes sense. He's more of a touchdown guy, and that's weird, though, because specifically Henderson was a monster in outside zone outside zone runs in college, so that's really, really odd. I, I don't understand if it's like a, a different type of outside zone scheme or whatever, but those were all the reports are saying, and it kind of blew my mind because I thought he was a perfect fit with the Rams because of the outside zone in college. Yeah, they traded up to get him highest yards per carry ever in college. I'm still buying. I'm buying. I hope his draft stock's fallen. All right, so Tags, your guy that moved down your board was uh, was Melvin Gordon. I'm going to go ahead and go with Carrion Johnson. I've talked about this a little bit in the past. Um, at first, I was hesitant to draft him because he's saying, I'm not a three-down back, and it's not a very good offense. And now the Lions are showing us he's not a three-down back because he's not playing on third downs in the preseason. I think that's why they drafted Ty Johnson. Uh, and they got rid of Theo Riddick because they believe in Ty Johnson. Now, maybe Carrion does end up in that role at some point. But as of now, I, I don't see why I would draft him over somebody like Latavius Murray, who's going right into that Mark Ingram role. Uh, Mark Ingram was a top 50 pick last year with a four-game suspension. We're getting Carrion Johnson two rounds earlier than that. I can't do it. 
Yeah, carry on is my RB18. Like, I, I don't know how people are investing so much. I've seen him go, like, as, like, the 13th running back off the board. Like, some people are reaching into the second round uh, for him now, and I'm not I'm not there like that's his upside in this offense, right? It's a bad offense. Yeah, it's not going to be a it's not going to be a high scoring offense. It's not going to be a high flying offense. That's for sure. By the way, you said you've seen some people going thirteen. He's ECR thirteen. That's his average ADP fourteen. That's where he's at now. Yes, dude, isn't that nuts? Ugh. He was RB nineteen twenty a couple weeks ago. Dalton, could you talk us? Is there any logic to this that would explain this? Because I mean, <laughs> I I mean they they did sign C J Anderson for a reason. C J Anderson's actually pretty good at football. I think people forget that. Like, is he a big guy? Sure. Did you watch Carry on Johnson last year? I did. I liked Carry. I I like the player. I hate the situation. I think that's the argument. I think is the argument because he was pretty sick. But I hear you guys as far as environment and who's probably favorite first coach fired. Um, and if they're not using in the preseason, I don't know what to make of the coach talk and then how they actually treat him in the preseason games. But um, they did get rid of Theo Riddick and he certainly looked really good. Uh, I don't know, though. I, I have to say, though, I probably would end up in drafts before you two. I will say that. Okay, guys. So well, I don't know if you guys know, but we've got this tool on Fantasy Pros. It's called Who Should I Draft? Okay. And you can just type in Carrion Johnson face Chris Carson because Carrion Johnson right now is 13. 69% of the experts, 85 out of 124 are recommending Carrion Johnson. Now, what you can do is you can sort by running back accuracy or overall accuracy and see what the top experts are thinking on them. And the top experts are at 50-50 instead of 69-31. So uh, that's really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I have them in the tier with Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, Devonta Freeman, those guys, Damian Williams. Like, those are all guys in the same tier. So I, could, I think you can make an argument for any of them. But the reason I, I think I have carry on towards the bottom of that tier is just because the team he plays on. All right, guys, we'll keep it going here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Hooters. We already know that Hooters is the best place to watch football all season long. TV's everywhere, great wings, and of course, the Hooters girls. But Hooters has given you even more incentive to do it. They're giving you $200 in coupons that's going to get you through the entire regular NFL season, one for each week, and it comes with free draft kit. Hooters is also offering a discounted food package at most locations called the MVP Bundle. It's available for just $39.99, a $75 retail cost, and that's going to give you 50 wings and two appetizers, again, for $39.99. Have your draft party with the Hooters girls, their world-famous wings, and ice-cold beer in a fun atmosphere. Let the good times roll and be the commissioner that makes things happen by reserving your draft party spot at Hooters today by going to fantasypros.com slash Hooters. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash Hooters. All right, let's circle back around and get one more running back that's been moving up your board, whether it's uh, somebody earlier or somebody later, Dalton, and then we'll go wide receivers. Okay, uh, Tevin Coleman, is. I'll say this is more of like a battle of attrition here. Jarek McKinnon has just been obviously just the, the knee injury, just what a disastrous signing. And I love Matt Breida. I know people do like him. I'm a, I'm a 49ers fan. I, he's very, very fast, but I just have no faith in his ability to stay healthy. So Tevin Coleman, he's had his best seasons under Shanahan. And uh, I know people are a little down on Jimmy G right now, but I still expect uh, a lot of yards in that offense. And I think so Tevin Coleman is just kind of quietly, like, again, a battle of attrition of the guys in front of him slowly been moving up my board. So how high do you have him? I've got him at RB26 right now. Um, Tags, where do you have him? RB29. RB29. What about you, Dalton? 21 on my board. 21. Okay, so you've got him ahead of... I'm guessing you'd take him ahead of, like, James White? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, Josh Jacobs? Uh, Jacobs is very close, actually. Right around Jacobs. Jacobs, I have a slightly ahead. Okay. It's a very good situation for a running back. Kyle Shanahan, we've seen. And if anything happens to Matt Breida, as tends to always happen, yeah, he could be an absolute workhorse. This 
This is an interesting call. But think about it. Tevin Coleman, the reason, here's my issue with Tevin Coleman. I even think if something happens to Brita, I don't think Tevin Coleman's that guy that's going to get 20 touches a game. I don't think he's built to do that. And I think that's the reason he struggled in Atlanta last year. Atlanta had a really good offense. Like Devonta Freeman has shown that he can, that you can perform in that offense. Tevin Coleman's better in a change of pace role. And I, I'm not saying he's the change of pace back at all. I'm, he, I think that Shanahan wants him to, to net 12 to 14 touches per game, maybe 15 max. I don't think he's a guy that's getting more than that. I think that they do want to mix him and Brita. So you're saying if something happens to Brita, Jeffrey Wilson's going to step in like Mostert did last year. Yeah, like that that's how Shanahan's going to operate it for sure. I don't like Coleman just isn't very efficient when it comes to like carrying a load. Maybe it's wrong, but he claims he's going to use him at the goal line, and this is a bet on the 49ers offense, is what I'm doing. I, I could definitely see that. Uh, like, Tex, who do you have between Tevin Coleman and Lamar Miller? Because I think Houston's offense is better, but they just traded for Duke Johnson. I think the situation's better for Coleman. I have Lamar Miller one spot higher, so it's not like a, it's like not like a crazy difference, but I would take, I'd take Miller. And I've got Mark Ingram below Tevin Coleman as well, just because I think it's more likely that Mark Ingram will lose his job than Tevin Coleman. I mean, Mark Ingram's 30 years old. He was propped up by the Saints offense, and maybe he'll be good because it's a good situation in Baltimore, but Justice Hill's there, guys, so... Um, I, I, I'm just more confident in Tevin Coleman. Philip Lindsay's holding off Royce Freeman. So I wouldn't mind getting Tevin Coleman. Um, 21 is a little steep for me, but I totally understand at that point in your draft, getting your guy. I've got Latavius Murray at 21. So, um, I, who, who am I to talk? I'm getting my guy there in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. All right, Tags, who else has been moving up your board at the running back position? I mean, it's 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 pretty static because we haven't seen much in the preseason uh, in terms of moving up anymore. Obviously, Rashad Penny is someone that's moved down my board quite a bit, and I guess I I should. What what about Darius Geis with what he did in the preseason? There there's one player that I could say recently, just because like obviously last night Darius Geis, I I, I put him past Adrian Peterson because Peterson has been talking about rushing for two thousand yards, this and that. <laughs> it, it is what it is. But here's the thing: I cannot put Geis too high because Adrian Peterson still is on the roster. Chris Thompson is still on the roster. Adrian Peterson looks good, by the way, too. Really good. I mean, that's the thing. Peterson is just like, he's a freak. Um, Fifth most carries in the NFL last year. He's 38 or 9 or 48 or something. Yeah. What is he really, like 36th? Fifth most carries? That's crazy. It's nuts. I mean, that. I mean, that's why it's like Geis. I don't want Geis as a starter. It's like, I, if I get him as an RB4, like, I'm happy about that because I can, hopefully it turns into something. But again, how much do we really expect out of the Washington offense? Like, they're going to be terrible, guys. Like, that, that team is not good. We would have drafted him top 20 last year had he been the starter, and the offense is a little bit worse, but it's the same kind of thing as far as I'm concerned as Josh Jacobs. If we knew Darius Geis was the starter, he would be about the same as Josh Jacobs, but we don't know if he's the starter, so I've got him RB37. That means I'll probably be getting some shares. Well, losing Trent Taylor, because Trent Taylor's not going to play for the Redskins anymore, um, is not good. That's real bad. And then going from Alex Smith to Colt McCoy, <laughs> I mean, that's also not good. Col- Colt McCoy's hurt. It's Case Keenum now. You're right. I know they're saying <laughs> that he's not going to be ready for week one, but that, it's just it's an ugly situation and not one I want to time. I, that's why I don't own, I'm not going to own any Josh Jacobs. I'm, I'm going to take David Montgomery over him. I'll take Sony Michelle over him. Um, so yeah, I'm, I won't own any Jacobs. The other guy moving up my board, uh, I think he's actually got some standalone value as a, a running back four that you can use in the flex if anybody gets hurt or during bye weeks. And he's got substantial upside. It's Chase Edmonds. It's not that I love the player Chase Edmonds. It's that I love Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury coming in there running 72 snaps per game. That's essentially, it comes out to an extra four games worth of snaps compared to what the Cardinals did last year when they were 31st in football. So I think even if David Johnson gets a lot of touches, Chase Edmonds is going to 
get a lot of touches. And just imagine if David Johnson got hurt and Chase Edmonds is falling to 20 touches a game. Yeah, I'm a buyer. The offense is going to be quick. You said it. I have Christian Kirk ranked aggressively and Edmonds is a nice sneaky call. All right, guys, let's go wide receiver. Dalton, we'll start with you. Somebody that's been moving up your draft board. All right. Um, well, Josh Gordon's such, such an obvious one just because of the situation. So let's... Where do you have him, by the way? Man, I don't do it as aggressively as... I love Josh Gordon and I love the situation, but I think I have him lower because I've been burned so many times in the past, but 32 right now. Okay. I've got him right in that Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, Corey Davis, AJ Green territory. Tags, where do you have him? Yeah, Josh Gordon is, uh, to me, you have to weigh it in. Like he's, I have him in the tier uh, with guys like like Mike Williams, AJ, well, AJ Green is in that tier just because of injuries, but R- Ridley, um, Galladay. So like sixth, seventh round? If you told me you wanted, yeah, that's, that's probably about fair. If you told me you wanted to draft Josh Gordon over Galladay, I would not fault you for it like I really wouldn't because again Galladay is going to battle with Marvin Jones still uh that offense isn't great um Danny Amendola whether they like it or not he's going to have a role in that offense I'm not going to say he's going to put up Golden Tate numbers but he's going to see targets um whereas Josh Gordon plays for the Patriots and they really don't have any other wide receivers outside of Julian Edelman who's just been there forever uh Gordon was targeted a lot last year he didn't do a whole lot with those targets like he was okay what what do you mean he was on track for 1200 receiving yards in the eight games he played at least 50 percent of the snaps he was not very good. He was not very good in terms of like, like he was an average player. Like he was a wide receiver three more often than he was a wide receiver one. Um, like the wide receiver one performances almost didn't exist with Josh Gordon last year, but the targets were there. He was getting a target share. Tom Brady was willing to throw t- into tight coverage with Josh Gordon, whereas he doesn't do that with a lot of other players. So that's the tier I have him in, but understand that if you draft him, he comes with risk like he could be a guy that literally everything's going well and then all of a sudden you hear Josh Gordon's out of the league again and you're like well that sucks <laughs> so I don't know it, it he's he's a really tough one I have him at wide receiver 29 right now okay yeah I've got him 26 now Dalton I'm sorry who was the wide receiver you've got moving up sure we'll go with the uh, Dante Moncrief uh this, you know the Steelers lost 200 plus targets when Antonio Brown and Jesse James left and people like James Washington I get the pedigree but he was just so so bad as a rookie and yes Juju's hyped him up but Moncrief had some interesting air yards numbers in a dire Jacksonville situation last year. I know he's disappointed before with Andrew Luck and all that, but um, I don't know. Situation there, that team threw the football more than any other in Pittsburgh last year. So Moncrief, I think he slides in right there in the number two. So he's been definitely moving up my board. I think he can make some noise in the red zone as well. Uh, I haven't ended up with many shares of Dante Moncrief because I'm usually getting Golden Tate in that area. Um, But yeah, Moncrief is, is a solid wide receiver four in my mind. Tags, who do you have moving up? Okay, so I, I should say Curtis Samuel is someone that I've moved up quite a bit as the offseason's gone on. Like, I, I buy into the hype because there's a lot of people talking about him, uh, saying like he's flashing everywhere. Um, so, Me too. So Curtis Samuel is, so, is someone who's moved up my draft board to the point where it's like, if you want to draft him over, say, like a Robbie Anderson, I wouldn't fault you for it. Do you have him ahead of DJ Moore yet? I do not. I, I won't do that because Moore is the more prototypical number one receiver. Like, he could do a lot after the catch as well. They could use him in different ways on carries. But another player I, I'll, I'll mention at the wide receiver position moves, moving up is Sammy Watkins. I he's healthy uh and you know when do we find a wide receiver you know tied to Patrick friggin Mahomes outside the top 30 who was drafted in the first round and has flashed at times by the way and he's like he's been a top 20 receiver before we just forget about him like before he got hurt last year he was doing well in that offense like he was a guy that people were relying on as wide receiver three putting up wide receiver two numbers at times I don't know why people hate him anymore. Like he's going like in the, in the territory you're getting him. It's like Will Fuller. Is he a sure thing? No. Marvin Jones. No. Dante Pettis. No. Larry Fitzgerald lacks upside. Robbie Anderson. No. Like I would, 
like I would take Sammy Watkins far and away ahead of Robbie Anderson. It's not even really all that close for me. You know, it's interesting. He was a top 20 wide receiver with Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback, and he did it in only 13 games. Now, he does have the upside, but man, he can't stay on the field. I don't know. It makes it makes me nervous. I wouldn't mind getting him as my wide receiver four, but he's going a little too high for me. Dalton, how do you feel about Watkins? Actually, I had him on my list for down, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the Watkins. Is it because of Hardman? I just don't get it. I know you want to be tied to the Kansas City League best offense, but he hasn't reached 600 yards since 2015. I, the, the ship has <laughs> sailed, dude. The ship has sailed, and there's already replacement, even if Tyreek Hill. I think what happened is, is people bumped Watkins way up their boards when they thought Hill was going to be suspended. Then Hill returned, and they forgot that, that what it's like. And I don't know. If, if Hill, Hill got hurt, I'd see Hardman replacing him. So, no, Watkins is, I mean, man. Uh, then again, we, we definitely see totally differently here because I like Will Fuller and I like, you know, the upside there with his injury risk. So. I see the upside, but I'm saying he's no sure thing. Like, and he's going tw- on average of 12 picks before. So a full round before Sammy Watkins. So I understand the Fuller. I, I've been on board as Fuller as your wide receiver three. I'm fine with that. But Watkins is just falling too far. Like uh, Dante Pettis shouldn't be in that conversation. Watkins, I disagree. I'm taking Pettis over Watkins all day. Watkins played 70% of the snaps last year for the Chiefs when he was healthy. And he only had, you know, 55 targets in 10 games. I just, I I don't really know why that would change. Now, granted, he only had three touchdowns. So, of course, it makes sense that he finished as a wide receiver 63. But, and he's probably going to play more than 10 games this year. But he hasn't been the epitome of health. And they didn't use him last year. I don't know if that changes now that they add Hardman. I don't like Hardman. I, I don't think Hardman's a good football player. Like, that's just me. That's why I'm not worried about, like, Sammy Watkins uh, at all. Like, I, he's the number two receiver in that offense. And if they'd gotten Paris Campbell, I would have been really concerned because Campbell's actually, like, a threat. Great call. But he's, like, the fourth option, though. He might be the number two receiver, but he's the fourth option's the problem. But do we know that, though? Like, because, like, so Kareem Hunt last year when he was in the offense, like, he wasn't targeted as much as people think. He was just very, very stupid efficient. He scored touchdowns at an alarming rate. His yardage, like, yards per target was stupid for a running back. Like, there was some, some things there that definitely cannot keep up for the running back position. So it's, like, between Travis Kelsey, like, in the running backs, it's like I, I think they're capped there where it's like those those targets like stay to themselves and then the wide receivers get theirs. So like I guess when Watkins was on the field, even if he gets six targets per game from from Patrick Mahomes, I think those are six very worthwhile targets. And it's kind of like that Will Fuller scenario where you don't want to rely on him. Like you don't want to say, oh, I full I fully trust Sammy Watkins. But putting him in as a wide receiver three, if you have two stable wide receivers, you'll live with the ups and downs of Sammy Watkins. All right, guys, I'm giving my first wide receiver in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, SideBoss. Fantasy football fans, listen up. SideBoss is offering a free-to-play, season-long NFL handicapping contest with $50,000 in cash prizes. You can pick five games per week for 17 weeks and earn your title as the boss with a $15,000 grand prize. SideBoss is going to be awarding quarterly and weekly prizes throughout the season. Any week in the NFL season, you can go 5-0 and and win some dough. If you haven't participated in a handicapping contest before, now's your chance to be rewarded and earn the title of Donkey Boss with a last place prize of 1000 bucks. In addition to their free-to-play pick'em contest, SideBoss is going to be offering pay-to-play games throughout the season. Go to SideBoss.com, click to play the 2019 Pro Football Pick'em Contest, and enter promo code FANTASYPROS upon sign-up. That's SideBoss.com. Promo code Fantasy Pros. I'm actually going to go to Mike Williams now, and you guys are going to be shocked at how high I've got Mike Williams. Uh, earlier in the month, I had him around that 26-27 range with Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson. I actually had him behind both those guys. Uh, he was more in the DJ Moore, Christian Kirk type of territory. 
I've got him up as my wide receiver 19 at this point. Uh, Keenan Allen has been hurt in the past several times. He's already hurt um, going into the season. I'm worried this is going to be the kind of thing that lingers. And regardless, I mean, Tags, you've talked about it before, how he could just be the next Des Bryant. We're just catching so many touchdowns. You can look at his 11 touchdowns last year on 66 targets and say, that's unsustainable. Yeah, the rate's unsustainable. But if he gets 110 targets this year, he can get double-digit touchdowns again. I, I, I have little concern about that, even when Hunter, Hunter Henry's there. Mike Williams is an absolute red zone machine. He's got the body for it. He's got the athletic profile for it. And I think that uh, he's going to be able to take advantage of, of Keenan Allen's injury early on. I love Mike Williams. Williams is great. I agree. I'm ranked aggressively. I'm right there with you. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, last year he was wide receiver 24. And like I mentioned, 66 targets. That number's going up. Tags, what would you put the over-under on his targets at? Um, I think the fair, I mean, I'm someone who's anticipating him getting close to 100 targets. So I think the fair over-under for targets would be around 90. All right, let's get one more wide receiver who's been moving up your board. Then we'll go on the opposite end here, Dalton. Okay, so we, uh, well, man, I'm with you with Samuel. I talked about Gordon and Moncrief. So uh, let's go MBS. I've been ending up with a lot of Valdez Scantling on my team, I'm a, I, I know Allison is a nice PPR guy there, but uh, yeah, I'm a, a buyer in him emerging in that outside there. I think he created the third best separation rate or whatever last season. So I'm a buyer in MVS. I don't have any problem with that at all. I don't know if, I don't think he's the number two. I think it's Geronimo Allison, but why not own three Green Bay Packers wide receivers? They're all going to be useful. And he's got upside. Like if anything happens to Adams, I think MVS could be a borderline wide receiver one in this offense. Yep, absolutely. Totally agree with you. I mean, Allison's a nice it's a slot guy, so he'll help you in the PPR more. But I mean, Valdez Scantley definitely has more upside and more touchdown and the guy that's going to make a play downfield. So Tags, I've got Allison wide receiver 34, just ahead of Sammy Watkins, Jarvis Landry. Uh, I've got Valdez Scantling 41, just behind Larry Fitzgerald and in between Anthony Miller and Robbie Anderson. Where do you have these guys? Yeah, so I have um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling at wide receiver 44. I uh, Okay, so you're still probably getting shares of him. You want? I, I mean, I'm getting Geronimo Allison, so I'm probably not drafting both of them. Like, cause I have Allison at wide receiver 40. So, but I, I think that one of them is going to live up to, like, beyond expectations. And it's like the one might just live up to his draft position, and that's fine because Aaron Rodgers can support three top 50 wide receivers. He's done it before. Um, the, the question is, is like, what does MVS do when he goes to the perimeter? Does that, does that hurt? Because a lot of receivers, they do see, you know, a negative impact when they have to play more snaps in the perimeter, which is why everybody's worried about Sterling Shepard this year uh, when Golden Tate comes back is because he hasn't been a guy that's that's performed very well in the perimeter, whereas Geronimo Allison has been able to get it done, has chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, is, and is now playing in the slot is like a big slot receiver who's going to face a lot of nickel cornerbacks. So Allison is the one that I want. MVS, I'm not avoiding by any means. Like I think that he's a fi- he's a fine pick, and he might he might turn into what I think Allison might be. It's very possible. It's just tying yourself to that offense and knowing he has massive upside if there's an injury in front of him on the depth chart, like to Devonte Adams, where it's like yes, MVS would be a minimum wide receiver two every single week. All right, tags, give us another wide receiver who's moving up your board, and don't take mine. So mine, man, it's crazy to, to admit that I, I'm I'm coming full circle here. It's Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> that is so funny to me. He was an absolute, I wouldn't draft him if he dropped to the 30th round for you. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, we yeah we heard that, oh, he's progressing from his Achilles and, you know, he might be ready by week one. And then it's like he's playing in preseason, being handed end arounds. And it's like, what the hell is happening here? Like this dude is 32 years old, like 33 maybe. He's just, he's old and he's coming back from Achilles, something nobody has done. I'm not saying that I'm going to draft Emmanuel Sanders as a top 30 or even top 40 wide receiver, but he's moved up my board an awful lot. And if you want to take him in front of guys like Michael Gallup or, or Deshaun Jackson, yeah, yeah, I guess you can do that. I mean, he might look good, but when he plays, I'm sure he will be good. 
But I'll tell you what, some I'm someone who tore his Achilles tendon last year. And uh, I did all the physical therapy to recover and everything. I was helping my brother-in-law move the other day. And it hurts like heck. It hurts so bad. Achilles tendon injuries. How long has it been? It's been uh, about a year for me. So a little bit longer than Emmanuel Sanders. And I'll just tell you, I mean, these injuries have a much higher risk for re-injury. And so you can be running great and, and look good and it will just be done again. It happens so often. So I'm worried that Sanders will get re-injured. But you know what? Sure. I'll play him as my uh, flex guy while he's on the field. So what does this do to you guys with Deshaun Hamilton? Is he like a full, like you don't you don't even touch him in the draft? There's no upside. I mean, he's a, a wide receiver six that you could use in bye weeks. The kind of guy you pick up in the middle of the season when you need someone, but I'm not drafting him. I, well, if Emmanuel Sanders is playing, like Deshaun Hamilton doesn't have a role. Exactly. Okay, guys, the other wide receiver that's moved up for me, and I never thought I'd say this because I'm an anti-guys who just tore their ACL uh, person, but Cooper Cup, everything looks good. He, he looks awesome. All the reports sound awesome, and I'll be fine. I'll be glad to take the, uh, the guy in the fifth, sixth round who uh, was the wide receiver number two when he got hurt last year. He's got a lot of upside, and yeah, there's a little bit of risk, but there's risk with, uh, with Mike Evans, Alshon Jeffrey, Julian Edelman, uh, Corey Davis, Calvin Ridley, all guys that I have in that range too, so... Uh, sign me up for Cooper Cup. I guess I'm on board. Bobby coming around on the ACL, guys. I'm not coming around on Will Fuller. Will, <laughs> uh, Will Fuller's not playing week one, guys. What about the the reports that the Rams are running a lot more two tight end and less 11 personnel, therefore the three wide receiver sets? Yuck. That would be very ugly. That would suck so bad. Because <laughs> Cup's coming off the field. Yeah. You think so? If that happens, yeah. They're, yeah Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are going to be on the field over him. I don't know, man. I think he was their wide receiver one last year when he played. It's because of his role, though, in the offense, where it's like it makes little sense that they'd go to like more 12 personnel and they would like literally take Cooper Cup off the field to put on like Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. But I, they have to change things up a little bit because obviously towards the end of the year last year when they didn't have Cup in the lineup, Jared Goff was not very good. Cup played 83% of the Rams snaps last year. That's more than Julio Jones played. It's more than AJ Green, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen played. He never came off the field. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They were always three wide, dude. Yeah, man, that's rough if that's true. Okay, let's move on to wide receivers that have moved down, and then we'll touch on quarterback tight end really quick to end the show. Dalton, who do you have that's moved down your uh, wide receiver rankings in the past month? All right, so I really did actually have Sammy Watkins as one of my two here, <laughs> but I'll move, I'll move on and say uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, I like watching Hard Knocks, and uh, you know, I live about an hour from Oakland Stadium. But uh, man, it's one thing after another. I mean, it's not just the obviously the frostbitten feet, but now the the helmet issue. I just it's unclear if he wants to play football. You know, I mean, he sat out week week seventeen last year, so I don't know, man. He had the lowest yards per target since like 2012, and now he's going from Ben Roethlisberger to Carr. So, no thanks, Antonio Brown. His price, he'll be on none of my teams. We've probably mentioned Antonio Brown getting frost frostbite on his feet six or seven times since it happened. I cannot help but laugh every single time. It is the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in football injuries. It's an honest mistake, Bobby. Super weird. Yeah. yeah. Bizarre. It is rough. Uh, Tags, who's moved down your board? Kiki QT, um, your dude. He's still not practicing. He's still not back with the team. So it's like, I don't know how bad this ankle injury is. But, and I was already worried that it's like he's the number three option on the team. Like he's not like Will Fuller has like better target. Like he may not receive as many targets, but his targets are worth more. Whereas QT, you add in Duke Johnson to that offense. And it's like suddenly you have another guy that can take some targets from the slot or, you know, even the, in, the intermediate areas of the field, which is where QT was targeted a lot last year. So 
he's someone that's moved down a bit for me. Um, I'm not going to say he's like a terrible pick, like outside the top 45 wide receivers, top 50. Um, but So wait, wh- where do you have him then? Because we might be about the same. I've got him wide receiver 41. I have him 49. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not going to get a ton of shares just because that's Anthony Miller, Geronimo Allison range. But yeah, I'd be fine with, with QT if he's my wide receiver five. I see. I have I have uh, Anthony Miller up at 40, wide receiver 42, and I have Allison at number 40. So yeah, those guys are well ahead of him for me. Okay. Uh, Dalton, what do you think about uh, about QT? Yeah, he was fun for the brief period. He was healthy last year. A lot of targets out of the slot. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know you mentioned, I mean, not only the other, I mean, just the health concern, the human hamstring pull now dealing with an ankle injury. So yeah, I, I've been moving him down as well. Yeah, I probably won't get too many shares. The guy that I've been moving down my board is Amari Cooper, and it really just comes down to what I've talked about with plantar fasciitis. By the way, if you guys haven't noticed, I get a lot of injuries. So I dealt with plantar fasciitis, and uh, man, it's the worst. I would rather get kicked square in the nuts three times in a row than have plantar fasciitis. I can't possibly imagine playing with this injury. And Amari Cooper's like, ah, I've, I've played through it two years of my career. He's like, my sophomore year in college and my rookie season. You guys go look at his stats his sophomore year in college and his rookie season. He was substantially worse. I mean, I understand Amari Cooper has a lot of upside, but he just hasn't gotten his done. He's been wide receiver 25, 12, 31, 19. You guys are drafting him at his ceiling, in my opinion. Uh, I understand he was better with the Cowboys offense, but with this injury, I I don't think it's happening, guys. I've got him wide receiver 17. Plantar fasciitis can come and go. It's a thing that might not affect him at all one week, and then literally the next week it could flare up and be an issue. And he's a late scratch, and you're starting him, and you're sitting at church, and you're like, wait a second, Amari Cooper's not playing, and then you're screwed. That's a real thing, and it's like, so if you you do grab Cooper, I mean, you don't necessarily... (laughs) <laughs> need to do wide receiver handcuffs, but uh, Michael Gallup is looking better and better by the day where it's like he's someone that I would probably draft over Kiki QT right now. Well, that's the thing. What if Gallup actually is good? You know what I mean? He I'm is good, yeah. Some targets because he has flashed this, this preseason. That's actually been my big, I mean, certainly not underrating the, the foot thing, but that has been enough is another concern you can tack on too. What if Gallup demands a target share? Gallup's a good football player too. I like that call. Okay, guys, let's move on to quarterback and tight end. And uh, what I'm going to ask you for, Dalton, is just the one player from either position that's moved up or down your board the most. Oh, okay, I'm falling for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I've just moved him up, man. The guy set a record for fantasy points per drop back, and the community's not even treated him as a top 15 call. I mean, what are you doing? Just go with the upside. Maybe he has improved as a passer. Mark Andrews, another up for me, uh, tight end, looks like legit. So give me all the Lamar Jackson. You know, he's actually a really good passer, too. He just didn't throw the ball that much. I'm excited to see what they do. If Who was a really good passer? Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson was extremely efficient as a passer last no, year. Oh, he wasn't. Lamar Jackson is... Oh, the... absolutely he was, man. He is not a good passer. Dal, can you back me up on this one? Well, they probably set him up in hitter's counts and he'd throw into wide open guy. <laughs> he, you know, it did. That offense That offense did create the best separation between the receivers. So he didn't, he didn't have to be accurate. You know, that, it, it, yeah. That's because of the threat of his running the ball. If, if they're like trying to spy on him and make sure he's not running the ball, people are going to be open. And he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers to be a great passer tags. If Lamar Jackson was a good passer, he would be the cheat code because like the dude can run like <laughs> he might be the cheat code. He's like a Michael Vick in terms of like as a runner, but he is not even close to the passer. So it's like that's why Lamar Jackson to me, like I like him a lot and I'm willing to run. I'm willing to trot him out there as my starter in fantasy football. However, I do not I do not believe that he has like number one upside just because of how much he lacks in the passing department yeah he doesn't have Mahomes season in him that's true like that that is true oh well yeah I I would agree with that I think it's 
in the realm of possibilities, he finishes as a top five fantasy quarterback and someone you can start every week. I saw a stat. I don't remember who posted this, but it was amazing. Um, a stat that Lamar Jackson in his lowest fantasy points per game, his absolute floor was like 15 fantasy points. That's incredible. Yeah, I think that was Scott Barrett. I think I saw that too. Yeah, it was. You're right. It was Scott Barrett. You're absolutely right. So Lamar Jackson, when he started last year, like he, uh, granted, he walked into an offense, like they weren't prepared to do anything, but he did have a lot of rushing and that that's worth more than pass attempts, obviously. But uh, Jackson, he, he like continually gave you that floor, but he didn't give you that, that top five upside. He did, he had no ceiling last year, which is really odd for, you know, a mobile quarterback because we saw it with Josh Allen. It's not to say that he can't like, and I do believe Lamar Jackson is going to spike certain weeks and he's going to have those. He gives you a solid floor and that's why I'm. I'm I'm willing to draft him. I'm just like I just wanted I just wanted to make sure I challenged Bobby on the whole. Well, I, I mean I, I understand that he he's not a talented passer. He was an efficient passer last year. Tags he threw the ball 22 times per game. The Ravens ran the ball 45 times per start that Lamar Jackson had under center. The next most in the NFL was 33. That number is coming down to 35. He's going to throw an additional eight, nine passes per game this year. He's going to be sitting at, at 30 pass attempts when last year he was at 22. Greg Roman did with Kaepernick, perfect offensive coordinator to have for a running dual threat quarterback like this. So that's also nice. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I, I just think he's going to throw the ball more and he's going to be a, a very solid rusher as well. I like this pick Dalton uh, tags. Who do you have moving up or down at one of these two positions? I have Lamar Jackson moving down. I'm totally kidding. Uh, <laughs> no. so, well, I, I deserve it, man. In fairness, I deserve no, it. No. Yeah. I mean, one a player that moved up for me is Tom Brady a little bit. Um, he, he was someone I, I wasn't even willing to draft as like one of the, I didn't think he was one of the draftable quarterbacks, but getting Josh Gordon back to the offense is going to raise him up my board. Um, knowing that Sony Michelle's healthy, the offense should just be better. Like in terms of, like Edelman's back with the team, like uh, everybody seems healthy going into the start of the year. And, you know, that, that is going to be you know, one of the better offenses because it always is. They, they game plan better than everybody. So it's like Brady has moved up my board as someone where it's like, if you want to walk in with him as a starter, that's fine. But again, Bobby, we've talked about this. He's like being drafted as a top 12 quarterback. That, that is not what I'm saying. Like I'm saying like, if there's, if there's 17 quarterbacks off the board and you're choosing between Brady and Roethlisberger, I probably go with Brady. Man, it's absolutely nuts. You look at these quarterbacks, there are, if you go back five years and you move any of these quarterbacks in their situation back to five years ago, Josh Allen's a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Tom Brady's a top 12 fantasy quarterback. But there's 21 of them now, guys. Like, Tags, who do you have ranked 19, 20, 21? Whoever it is, I feel like an absolute jerk for doing it. Right. Yeah, no, that, that's how I feel about the quarterback position. So I, I did a tier, and it's like basically once you get like outside like the top – nine maybe even eight quarterbacks i feel like there's a tier of like 12 quarterbacks that i could like literally be okay with interchangeable absolutely the same and i think the cutoff for me is like i actually might be willing to go down to 23 it's like you, you have jimmy garoppolo and matthew stafford there and it's like i'm not excited about those guys but i'm saying like as a streamer like if you want to use them like stafford matchup in week one against arizona is phenomenal that game that game's indoors arizona is going to be without patrick peterson so it's like if you're playing the streaming approach matthew stafford is going to be one of those guys that you could start week one yeah, I'm with you on Brady, by the way. I think his YPA rose like two full yards with Josh Gordon on the field last year. It's a big help there. And I think the bottom line is what this all means is more leagues should be doing the super flex, man. It just really, this really should. Quarterback is an embarrassment as riches and just to preach patience on it just becomes exhausting. And it's to the point of just so obvious, you know. Dalton, who's in charge of that at Yahoo? Like, who do we need to talk to to say, hey, can we just make super flex 
the the standard across the industry? Yeah, it's a good question. I'll I'll get on that because I if you guys agree, it, it certainly seems that way that it should become the absolute standard moving forward. I feel like in a couple of years from now we'll look back and see this will just seem archaic. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of bizarre that it's the most important position in all of sports. And yet you don't need to draft Drew Brees until the 14th round in an analyst league because the math just doesn't play out. Tom Brady shouldn't be drafted in one of those leagues. And yet here he is. He's one of the best players in sports to this day. Um, it just It's just wild to me. And here we are drafting kickers. It would be awesome if we could just get rid of kickers, add a super flex. I know Andy Andy would never go for that, but maybe <laughs> we can get, uh, get you guys to add a super flex. That'd be sweet. He's all about that kicker life. <laughs> Andy loves kickers, doesn't he? I know. What is the deal? I don't get that, but, but yeah, we'll leave him on his island on that one. But but yeah, no. Not only does it make it more fun to draft players, but you you just really hit the nail on the head too. How about making the most important position in all of sports actually matter in our game? Right. And you know, if we increase the passing touchdowns to six points and interceptions to minus four, then you know what? If we're playing in a two quarterback league or a super flex, Patrick Mahomes is a top three fantasy pick. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, they both go in the first round where they belong. I think that's how it should be. It should reflect real life a little bit better. Now, I've got the last player for today's episode. I've been moving Austin Hooper up and up and up my tight end rankings. He finished his tight end number seven last year with over 80 receptions. He's now my tight end eight over Jared Cook. Eric Ebron, the injured Trey Burton, the injured Vance McDonald. Uh, if I don't get Hunter Henry in the fifth round or Travis Kelsey in the second, it's Hooper or bust for me. Hooper or I'm going streamer. Hooper's fine. He went. He actually moved up for me too because I. It's basically because I've moved Vance McDonald down and I don't like Jared Cook in New Orleans. I mean, I'm. I'm not saying I don't like him, but I. I don't like him nearly as much as everybody else does because he's being taken as a seven tight end and Jared Cook is more like a back end, like totally back end tight end one for me. Mm-hmm. Hooper tied for seventh among all receivers at targets inside the ten last year and was top no ten way. at targets inside the five. I'm talking receivers, not just tight ends. So Ooh. I think that he gets all those two point conversions. I think the touchdown equity there is really underrated. It could explode. His schedule looks disastrous at the start of the season, though, at Minnesota. And then he's got Philly, Indy, and Tennessee. Those are three of the of the five most difficult uh, defenses to go up against for a tight end. And I get it. It changes from year to year, but I would imagine Hooper is going to start the season slow. Everyone's going to cut him. And then the second half, he's going to be a monster. I'll counter that and say outside of week 17, we don't play fantasy. Atlanta plays just two games outdoors all season. So that is so good for Ryan and company. That's a plus for Matt Ryan. Yeah, man, that is awesome. That's a great stat. All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Dalton, as always, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks guys. I had a lot of fun. All right, now I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Sideboss. You can go to sideboss.com, use the promo code FANTASYPROS, and click to play the 2019 Pro Football Pick'em Contest. And also thanks to Hooters, you can set up your draft party at Hooters by going to fantasypros.com slash Hooters and take advantage of all the incentives they're offering you guys. And then finally, if you want to play some best ball, check out Draft. You can go to draft.com or download Draft in the app or Play Store, and you can get your free shot at a million dollars just by using my promo code FANTASYPROS, all one word. And finally, don't forget to check out our Chrome extension. It is absolutely amazing. And again, if you want to take advantage of those premium offers, you can sign up for a $65 value. It's a six-month Hall of Fame package at fantasypros.com slash offers. All you have to do is deposit 10 bucks to one of our DFS partners. And again, you can win money with that. So it's basically free. For Dalton Del Don and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.